TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's the Score North Twin Show. It is the Score North AL Central champs hoping to defend their crown twin show. I'm Derek Wetmore. Judd Zulgad joins us from Fort Myers, Florida, where the sun is out, but the windows are closed. Judd, how's it going? It's going outstanding here. It's going outstanding. Of course, the uh, scare about the coronavirus has cost us access uh, to the clubhouse, but you know what? I think uh, fans probably aren't too concerned about that. Sure, yeah. Well, concerned about the virus, maybe. Concerned about access, not probably not. clubhouse access, <laughs> yeah. yes. No, they all should be concerned about the virus. I don't think the clubhouse access issue uh, is keeping the uh, public up at night. <laughs> That's just my guess. Uh, So today, I am told by sources familiar with the situation, i.e. you, that Byron Buxton is going to be taking batting practice on the field. What what do we know about Byron's health and recovery from that labrum surgery? Well, it sounds like, and you probably, Derek, found the same thing when you were down here earlier um, around the time the game started. The Twins are being, I would say, admittedly probably on their part overly cautious with Buxton which I don't blame them for and I think some of that probably comes from the Buxton camp uh, but some also comes from the fact that spring training is so long now that there's just no reason to rush him back I guess so he's supposed to take or was taking uh, some live swings today for the first time some BP uh, as the team goes to Clearwater he obviously is not going to go play the Phillies he stayed back here where I am at Hammond Stadium Um, but this is all part of a process that I think i if you were to ask me, and as you know, the twins are very – the twins don't really tell you what the plan is, right? They're like, we don't really have plans. <laughs> they they're hint like, at the of, plan. <laughs> and, of course, they do have plans, but they're like, we, we don't really have a plan. Yeah. We're not going to yeah. – um, I think the plan is to have Buxton in their mind, hopefully back for the start of the regular season on March 26th in Oakland, but not as an everyday player at that point, if that makes sense. Okay. And, and so I think they hope to have him back, but to sort of ease him in – and then, of course, the million-dollar conversation to have is, can he stay healthy? Because that's been the problem. Um, but I don't – I ordinarily – I used to get – or my reporting instincts would make me um, concerned if a player's progress wasn't going quick enough. But we are now in such an age, as the Twins like to call it, Derek, of rest and recovery – that I don't think it's worth being concerned about. I do think that there is a plan here with Buxton, though, and I don't think that he comes back March 26th and plays every day. I think they ease him into that. I was talking with Pat Ricey about that the other day um, on his show, on Ricey on Baseball, and I and I guess I'm talking specifically about the opening day conversation because if he's taking batting practice on March 10th for the first time and two weeks later they're opening the season, I think – that's not enough ABs. That's I don't care if you play in minor league games. Uh, if you want to give him any days off in between any workouts ever for a guy with his um, swing inconsistencies in the past, that just seemed to me like really quick. But then it it dawned on us that you know maybe he is ready, like physically ready to swing and play center field at an elite level in two weeks. But it doesn't necessarily have to be every day. And I'm, I guess I'm curious. Do you think they just, is as it stands right now, no setbacks that he will be on that opening day roster? I That's a total guess. Right, right. And that's what but I'm, I, and I'm not, I guess I should back this up and say, Derek, I'm not even sure that he'll play March 26th. But I think he'll be on the opening day roster. And I think they will ease him back in fairly, I see. Okay. Qu- fairly quickly. 
But I also don't think that he's going to play March 26th in Oakland and then play again and play again and play again. Sure. I think that there is a definite backup plan to start the season that allows Buxton yeah. to ease in. It's just that I can never separate when the Twins might truly be concerned about the progress a player is making and when they're just taking it slow. Yeah, Because that's right. we are in an era now, and this is not a bad thing, it's just a fact, where more and more teams are like the Twins and just take things slow and so what ordinarily would have raised eyebrows five to ten years ago, now it's just like, okay, what's the plan as opposed to, okay, the plan's not working well. Yeah, because we were going off the assumption that, okay, well, look, if he doesn't break camp, then he's got to stay in the minor leagues, right? You're not going to send him to Rochester, New York in late March to, no. <laughs> to get games no. in. No, anything... don't let him foul the ball off his foot there. <laughs> if anything, I guess maybe he stays in Florida, but yeah, Pat didn't like that solution too much either. Uh, I, I could see it. It just seems like a very, very tight turnaround. And you're right. Derek Falvey will say things like, um, you know, development and learning is not necessarily linear, he likes to say. Yeah. And I think they'd say the same thing for injury recovery, that, hey, one day it might look like it's tracking to this, and then tomorrow you have a good day and you're ahead of schedule. Uh, it's it's hard to read, I agree with you, when they're being cautious versus when they're like, ah, I'd like to see a little more progress on this. And the the most prominent prominent example in my head is Miguel Sano recovering from a lacerated heel. You couldn't have pinned them down and given them truth serum and made them give you a date. They had no idea. Right. Right, and they probably do on some calendar in somebody's office way in the back of the building. Sure. They probably do have a clue, <laughs> but they're just not going to tell you. But you know what, too? To me, and, and I had a lengthy conversation with uh, Buxton in the clubhouse when it was open on Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, the key here, though, is not when he's coming back. It's can he stay back? Because, Derek, we've talked about right. this a thousand times before, and it's obviously – I think imperative to the long-term success of this franchise. And I think the Twins are a different team. This is not to say without Byron Buxton they can't win games. They proved they could last year. This is not to say they're a bad team without him. They're not a bad team. But he is a difference maker. He brings a skill set, as Baldelli talked about yesterday uh, when when I asked him about Buxton. He brings a skill set that just most players in this game don't bring. And so what I was talking to Buxton about was, how are you going to do this? How are you going to stay healthy? How you And uh, he he told me a couple things. One is he spent some time uh, during the uh, winter watching highlight tapes, I guess. Yeah. Or highlights. I, I read your piece on scorenorth.com. I thought that was fascinating. Of Torrey Hunter, um, Ken Griffey Jr., and Kevin Kiermeyer. Now, he watched them colliding with fences. And, not, and, and just to be clear, all three of those guys had been or have been injured before, okay? So this is not Lou Gehrig like these guys don't or have never hurt themselves. Uh, but his takeaway from Kiermaier to me was a really interesting step, and I'm very curious to see if this works. Buxton said, when I watch Kiermaier, he launches into the fence off both of his feet, so he is controlled as he launches. Um, he said, what I've done in the past is I launch off one foot, and I had him explain it, and he looked at me like I had three heads. He's like, <laughs> he's like what don't you understand? And I said, what do you – tell me exactly what you're saying. And he said, Kiermaier – because he has to basically slow himself down sure, to jump okay. off both feet, he can control the impact with the wall. He said, what I do is I just launch off one foot, and then I go basically, I, he didn't say this, but go basically flying into the wall. 
And I said, is this, so, so is this you or the Twins? And he said, well, the Twins thing was to have me play deeper after the collision with the fence in Kansas City last year. This is more my observation. Okay. But all, but all of this, Derek, goes into the conversation of, one, I guess when it comes to collisions with the fence or diving for a ball, what's worth it and what's not. Um, two is when push comes to shove and the ball, the baseball is flying towards the fence, can Buxton, again, for lack of a better term, control himself and not launch into the wall? And then... When you get to that, you know, is that it's very easy for us in March to have this conversation in the calm of a clubhouse and be like, you know, here's what I should do. That's right. We've all seen it. He gets to the wall and he can't help himself. And and this isn't even I feel like it comes off as an indictment of Buxton, like he's somehow not smart. He's a very smart kid uh, or smart guy. Um, but really, for the long term well-being of this franchise, you do have to start asking yourself. What's worth it and what's not, and then can he can he get himself to make the right decision? And that's not easy. So are there a thousand tentacles to this? We could spend a whole show. We could spend a whole week on this. Uh, just I'll give you a couple rapid fire points, and I want to keep going on this Buxton thread. Uh, a, you know who loves Kevin Kiermeyer? Rocco Baldelli, huge Kiermeyer fan because of his abilities in center field and their time together with the Rays. Uh, secondly, the the wall collisions is one part of it, but there's also this other part that I want to ask you about in a second that, like, he got a concussion running in for a ball. He He's collided with teammate outfielders in the past. I was in the minor leagues, but still, uh, he fouled a ball off his toe. Migraines, it's not all wall collisions, and I, I do want to address that in a second. Um, but the, the other point that I was going to make about Byron is it's cool, as you said, in the calm of the clubhouse. I think that's a perfect way of putting it. We can discuss this theoretically right does does stealing this double off the wall or bringing this home run back is that worth the risk of x percent chance you get hurt right but but then can you do the math on the fly i would argue no nobody can and two if you try to isn't that just going to make you a worse center fielder it's it's a fascinating ball of worms that you try to untangle there but uh did in talking with him about crashing into the walls jut and uh credit to you for that conversation he probably doesn't love having it but they're they're really important answers for twins fans did you address it all or or with Rocco or anyone about ways to keep him on the field that don't involve wall collisions um, you know what? Not really. We talked extensively about that, and and I did ask him. I at the end of uh, talking to Byron, I did say, "So if Byron Buxton's healthy, how good can Byron Buxton be?" And he looked at me and said, "Don't know yet." Um, wow, that's a good answer. He well, I'll tell you this: he comes off, and I mean this as a compliment. And we talked about this last year, and I meant it as a compliment then. He is such a more confident, cocky. Not arrogant, that's the wrong word, but confident in cockiness now. Um, he is sure of what he can do. The only question that we all have is, can you get yourself on the field enough to do it? But no, we, we didn't talk about uh, beyond the wall collisions sure. and him, him being hurt, but your Cleveland example in July is a great one because that injury was the result of the Twins positioning him deeper in center to avoid um, – such speedy collisions with the wall and instead he found a way to come in and essentially gave him he gave himself a concussion that was uh i think tantamount to whiplash in a car crash sure because of how how he came in there and he dove and and his head spiked back and obviously if that happens it's going to be bad news we focused on the wall collisions but we also focused on where 
what he can do, where he can go, the confidence. Uh, because I just think, Derek, the more I cover him, he's such an interesting player because there's so much there. You know, there's a lot of guys who are, they just are what they are. And they might even be really good players, right? But there's not a lot of layers to them. They just are who they are. And they might have problems or they might have um, strengths. But those things are just black and white. Sure. With, with Byron, with Byron, because of the injuries, because of how he's wired, because, because he's a smart guy and probably for a long time thought way too much about things, you've got this unbelievable and really, I think, in baseball, um, unique talents. Like, as far as unique talents go, Derek, wouldn't you say that – and I'm not – just to be clear, I'm not calling him Mike Trout or something like that, okay? But wouldn't you say that Byron Buxton is a top-five unique talent as far as the nightmares he presents to opponents compared yeah. to most baseball yeah, players? Yeah, I mean, top-five, top-ten, you look around the league, most teams are lucky to have one of these guys, sort of the, like, you know, unicorn talent. And the Twins have it in Byron Buxton, I think. That's my personal opinion. Yeah, and if he could stay, and if if he can see it through, and the thing that that I love you talking about him is how many guys can we talk about who you can we could sit here right now and say if this guy can play 145 games and let's say he hits 262, okay, and 262 is not great, but if he hits 262 and can play 145 games and the majority of them are in center field, he's a difference maker. Yes. He's yep. going to make himself millions by hitting 262. Now, I don't even know what the conversation becomes if he hits 285. <laughs> but no, I'm serious. Yeah, but that's no what doubt. makes him so interesting. Like Miguel Sano, you know the price of poker, right? Sure. He's going to hit home runs. He's going to be a defensive liability at times. He's going to try. He certainly got himself. I saw him with, with his uh, shirt off on Monday. My God, the man's in great shape. It's fantastic to see. Um, but he it, he just, you. the conversation about him can be, at times it can be a lot of fun, and at times it can be frustrating. But I don't think there's a lot of unknown there now. Um, with Byron, there's still that unknown of what if. And I would come back to... The one thing, and he knows this, but I'm sure the one thing that, and I didn't ask him this question, but if you could talk to him about is, you know, you do realize that if you let, in a 7-3 game, if you let that baseball bounce off the fence, and I know it's tempting to go get it, but let's say you let it bounce off to the fence and you stay healthy, that's an extra million right there, right? <laughs> no, seriously. I, I mean, can I you know, think of the earning joking. power? Can you think of the earning power that this guy could potentially have if he hits 265 and can just play on a consistent basis compared to right now, which is I'm in the camp of I don't know what you would pay him or if you can pay him unless he takes a deal on your terms, team friendly. Because of the fact that we don't know yet. It's weird because I don't know if he's more motivated by that extra million or catching that line drive off the wall. Honestly, I, I don't. I he, he's such a – it's so fascinating that he's a team-oriented guy, uh, I would argue, to a fault at times. I know that sounds weird to say in a team sport, but it is it is a fascinating, nuanced – really challenging but fun conversation to have because you said the skills are there they've shown up sometimes but but even when he's been sort of a star caliber player uh there are some some question marks that you have about his game but i think all of us judd uh uh from trained baseball scouts who've been in the game for 40 years to the amateur observer who goes to target field and asks questions with a recorder sometimes generally bets on talent says yeah talent will win out in the end if all else is you know somewhat equal 
I'm just fascinated by a guy who has it in spades like like Byron Buxton does. You're yeah, 100% and, right. And here, here's where I think um, a corner has been turned, and it was turned last year, but it's definitely been turned, I think, full-time now, is Derek, his confidence and approach now. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and we talked about that yesterday and got into the fact that, you know, He'll admit he used to listen to everybody and their brother. Hey, have a leg kick. No, take the leg kick out. No, do this. No, do that. Um, he told me that last year, and I don't think he, he's talked about this. He told me that last, so a year ago, because he, he was talking about the impact that uh, now Marlins coach James Rouse and the Twins hitting coach last year had on him. And he said that last off season, so off season of 2018-19, going into the 2019 season, he went back, he went home and went back to his high school hitting approach, okay? And he said, this is my, going to be my approach. He then went in January to Tampa and met with Rousen before spring training started here in Fort Myers. And he showed Rousen what he had done. And Rousen worked with him a little bit and tweaked some things. Not massive, but he just tweaked some things. Okay. But he said after that, Buxton got to spring training here in Fort Myers last February and never changed the approach at all again. And how important is that for a guy who we got so frustrated right. because and God bless them, they all mean they all mean well, but Tori would show up and be like, No man, do this and yeah, then yeah, it, yeah. you know, and then and everybody was trying to help him, but he was listening to everybody and then he'd be going to the plate thinking, Well, should I do this? Should I do that? blah he said that once he got here to Fort Myers a year ago now, and this is why, you know, at the plate I think he looked so much more competent. He said that his approach uh, didn't change again, and he also talked about the, the, the fact that he worked extensively uh, on his approach with O2 counts. Okay. Uh, because his desire, he said, overall, because of his speed, and he's right about this, a thousand percent right, but I, I think it had to register with him. His desire has been and always is to put the balls in play. You know, it's not like, oh man, you got to do this or you got to work the count. Byron Buxton wants to put the ball in, in play. So by working on, on his O2 approach, he basically worked on his on his personal approach to every count because in his mind, that's that's the approach that he has to take. Hmm. But what but what I liked is all of these things to him crystallized and and he got a confidence and he got a game plan and then he didn't have or if he did have people suggesting things instead of trying it he didn't and I don't want to say that makes you slump proof but what's worse than in a slump when you're like oh, I'm going to change this this that's week right. and, then, and then you you know you got to have at some point in time I think in this league, except for a few guys, you probably have to have a consistent approach to things that sort of calm you down. Yep. And that's how it seemed Byron Buxton operated when healthy in 2019. Right. I agree with you. What's your pillar? What do you go back Correct. to? That kind of thing. In fact, I know there are going to be some listeners to the Score North AL Central Champs Twins show who say, Judd, that's great, but I'd rather a 30 homer Buxton than a put the ball in play Buxton, to which I would counter. Buxton's going to hit some homers. He's going to hit some line drives. He's going to steal some doubles like he did last year in the first half of the season. But I appreciate that he, if if what you're saying is true, and I have no reason to doubt it, that he has this sort of this confidence in his approach, I would much rather somebody trusts in their plan than has a perfect plan and you know doesn't quite trust it, doesn't quite execute it. A system that you believe in is superior to a superior system that you don't. Does that make sense? Yes. And yes, I, because I think because, that's a big step. But because I, I think the word that you used is perfect, a pillar. It's something to come back to. 
Because what was before last year when Buxton struggled at the plate, he had no, he had nothing to come back to. Yeah, he was coming back to people have been telling you you're good for 10 years. Yeah, or right? or just do this or just do that or, you know, this is not Babe Ruth or Legion Ball. I mean, you, the, the, this is the big leagues, baby, and you got to have a, a foundation and an approach that you know ultimately can work or else you're not going to make it. Yeah. But that's, again, this all goes back to what makes Buxton to me such a fascinating figure on this team because there are so – there are – there are more knowns than there were, but yet there are great unknowns. And as I asked him, how good can Byron Buxton be if, you know, Byron Buxton's allow, allowed to be his best? He's like, I don't know yet. He's like, you know, that that he's right. He's right. He said, he said sort of defiantly, but I loved it. He said, defensively, I'm the best. There's no question about that, basically. And Kepler, I think, was standing behind me at, at his uh, locker, and I think he's like, oh, boy. But, I agree um, with him. He's right. But we all agree. He's the, be- <laughs> he's the best defensive player in baseball. But sorry, he said, Kep. He's right. But to his credit, he then said, offensively, I'm a work in progress, and I know that, and, you know, I'm still working on things. Okay. So there's not a, there's not a misguided bravado here, but what there is is an uptick in confidence in a guy who at one time you were like, do you know how damn good you can be? Sure, man. Well, he does now. Yep, facts. Big facts. Planning to buy a new boat this year? Glenn Perkins here from my friends at Nelson Marine. The Nelson Marine difference is about customer service and a knowledgeable team of sales and service pros. Two large showrooms filled with an impressive inventory of the best brands in the business. London Crestliner Fishing Boats, South Bay Pontoons, powered by Yamaha, Suzuki, Mercury, and Evinrude. Nelson Marine has been creating happy customers for 75 years. Visit their showroom on Highway 61 in White Bear Lake online at nelsonmarine.biz. Hey there, it's Phil Mackey for Federated Mutual Insurance Company, and Federated is here to give business owners out there peace of mind. You pour your life and energy into a business, and the last thing you want is for something to happen that puts you on the defense, and that's where Federated comes in. Based in Owatonna, Minnesota, over a century of experience, in standing behind business owners. If you're a business owner and you want some more peace of mind, go to federatedinsurance.com to find out more about your local federated marketing representative. Federated Insurance, it's their business to protect yours. You also spoke with Nelson Cruz down there. And Judd, I'm just I'm fascinated following your work. People who are listening to this probably already know, but follow Judd on Twitter, at Jay Zulgad. Follow his work from Fort Myers, scorenorth.com, and you can just bookmark our Twins page because you're going to need that a lot over the next seven months. Um, yes, I said seven. Judd, your conversation with Nelson Cruz is is interesting in in a way that it plays off of a chat you and I had at Twins Fest in January yes. at Target Field. Uh, what is the update on Nelson Cruz? And uh, let's not forget he turns 40 this year. Yeah, July 1st. So to go back to our conversation at Twins Fest, it actually came back after the fan forum where uh, Twins GM Thad Levine offered up the fact that the team has been in contact with Nelson Cruz's representatives about a contract extension. Okay, as you just said, he turns 40 on July 1st. <laughs> um, you know, if he was 32, you'd be like, of course you're in a... Uh, and, and you know, also keep in mind, there's a very good reason, sound reasoning why the Twins gave Nelson Cruz a one-year deal going into 2019 with a team option for 12 mil for 2020. You know, if you were sure that Nelson Cruz was, was going to hit 41 home runs and be lights out like he was, Derek, you would have given him a two-year contract. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's right. But I stopped and I said, so, you know, Thad said this, how long do you want to play? 
And he basically, well, his, his best quote was something along the lines of, I'd like to play till 50, but I know that that's not going to happen. But I also asked about Tom Brady, and he got into the whole thing of, you know, there there is a mindset, or there certainly was one for a long time, that your 30s was going to be it. And, you know, you hit 40 and you were done. And he said, you know, that's not how I necessarily think. And with the shape that he keeps himself in, and we joke about it, but, you know, the napping stuff, which is which we know now is an important thing, but more importantly, probably the physical condition that Nelson Cruz is in, the professionalism that he brings, um, there is no question in my mind, because I did say, I said, give me an age. It's like, I can't give you an age. I, so, But there's no doubt in my mind that this guy would like to play and maybe can until 43 or 44. And so there, you told me it before I came down here that there had been some chatter or at least some speculation from your end that this also might involve a contract that could include a coaching role. And he shut that down really quick and said, I'm still playing. I can't think about that yet. Yeah. Which So there wasn't a yes or no there. Um, but, you know, Derek, I really – I don't think it's incorrect to sell, say that the Twins signed Cruz to a one-year contract with a team option. With goal one, I still think of being, can he get through to Miguel Sano? Because we have to find somebody who can. And he did a brilliant job of that. He did a fantastic job. You know, he and Sano are tight, and he did a but, – but ultimately, probably just as importantly, he had 41 home runs and was yeah. outstanding <laughs> and missed and, – and, you know, keep in mind, too, he took two trips to the I.L., uh, because of the wrist injury, so so that this is a guy who missed time as well and still hit forty one bombs. Wow! Uh, but I came away with the impression that this guy, sort of like Tom Brady, sees no reason why he can't keep playing. And in two thousand twenty, he's probably not wrong. He probably can play a couple, two, three more years. Uh, I I think training techniques have changed so much. Uh, what people know about their own bodies. What they can do as far as, to go back to the Twins' favorite term, rest and recovery. There's just so much more known now that four guys who are, and the key thing I'm about to say is, four people who are willing to do it. Because you can't be, yeah, I'm 40 and I was a really good baseball player, so I'd like to keep playing till sure. 44. Yeah. You have to you have to be willing to make the sacrifices. But if you're willing to eat that crap, sleep, <laughs> sleep a lot, and do the right things, guys like Nelson Cruz, probably can play far longer than they could have 15 years ago. Fascinating. So last year, the way it was described to me, Judd, so it was like with the option that you're talking about, if it was a guaranteed year, it would have been 2-26. and 26. And because, you know, Pat, our good buddy Royce, was rightfully uh, laughing at the fact that dude hits 41 home runs, has a historic age 39 season, and you're going to give him a pay cut. And then somebody with the Twins said to me, well, sure, that's what it looks like optically. But really, it was, here's $26 million over two years if the option kicks in. Do you want more money on the front half yeah. or on the back half? And in that situation, all players and agents are going to take the front up, up front money if they can. Sure. So let me ask you this. Let's throw out the option business. Let's rip up the contract, 2020, where he's going to make, what is it, $12 million or something like that. Yes or no, Judd Zolgad, if you are the president of baseball ops of the Twins and Nelson Cruz's side comes to you with another two-year, $26 million deal, are you doing that today? Mm, two years, so we'd be taking them through. You know what? Yes, it's not a bad deal. In baseball terms, 
I'd be taking him through his age, well, what, into 43 then on July 1st of the last year of the contract? Basically, yeah. Uh, you know what? Yes. Yeah, because it's that's in, in financial terms today, Derek, that's not a terrible deal. And I got to be honest, I love what this guy brings. I absolutely love it. I, I don't think – and there are some people who are, are big on clubhouse chemistry things. That's me. There are some who are like, oh, who care? But, Derek, we saw this club a couple of years back with, with – Addison Reed and Lance Lynn and Lomo and we saw what sort of a if not toxic not a great clubhouse environment can do and then you walk into that place last year with Nelson Cruz and now it's going to be you know even better I think with a guy like Donaldson as well Uh, but the fact is Nelson Cruz brings so many intangibles that if by the last year that contract he hits 25 home runs or something like that I'm fine with it. I think he's an incredibly valuable, uh, integral part of the chemistry of this team, and right now also as far as the bats go. Last topic, and then I've got to let you go. There's Ventline every weekday at 11 o'clock on Score North. You can find Judd there this week, even from Fort Myers, the host of Ventline. He's doing some Twins Piper. talk. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good. Good. I'm oh, looking Vent- forward to Ventline's that. not just about the Vikings now, my man. It's about, <laughs> I guarantee you, it Love will it. be, It will because the Twins are going to be good just quickly, I guarantee you, Ventline, and this is going to be glorious, will become the bane of uh, Royce, Wetmore, and Mackey's existence, because <laughs> it will be people calling in about an April 5th game that Rocco screwed up a pitching change on, and I love that stuff. Let's treat baseball like it's football, baby. I'm here for you it. You know what? If your team's good, if your team's you successful can. like the Twins, you can do that, and we've seen enough bad baseball. I'm going to take this and run with That's it. That's right. Okay, so last topic, and I will leave you with this one. All this talk glowing about Nelson Cruz, and rightfully so, very deservedly so, uh, actually, Talked about this yesterday, but depending on how the rest of his career goes, here's a dude who might get some Hall of Fame pub by the end of his uh, playing career, whenever that may be. Sure. So, with all of that being said, bigger superstar in the Twin Cities sports scene right now, Judd. I'm borrowing from a poll you did the other day on Twitter. Nelson Cruz or Kevin Fiala? Bigger superstar as far as known quantity is Nelson Cruz. Uh the attempt of my poll also would, was to set new parameters because, and I talked about this with uh, Mackie and Rami on our weekday show on Monday, uh, Kirk Cousins is technically a superstar because of how he's paid, but he's not really a superstar. Fiala's an emerging player, but I think right, right, right now, you know what? Nelson Cruz hit 41 bombs. And I did the poll, and I put Josh Donaldson on for the Twins, and I immediately got some responses saying it should have been Nelson Cruz. No, I don't no. disagree with that one Either bit. Either way. Both I don't, I don't disagree with that one bit. Right now, it's Nelson Cruz. But as far as the emerging group of stars, superstars, I mean, Fiala's definitely there. The saddest thing about that list, what that list was meant to do was indict Carl Anthony Towns, sure. who, sh- who should win that thing with 89% of the vote. And I didn't even put him as an option yeah. because of the season <laughs> that he's had. Right. Right. Um, but no, it, it's been fun down here. It's been uh, enlightening so far. And I will say this at some point in time, because I noticed this when I was in the clubhouse on Monday, and I'd, I'd be curious at some point in time to get your take on this. Uh, the Twins have doubled down on what they perceive as being all in right now. And that goes, Derek Wetmore, both on and off the field. Yeah. Okay. I find this to be very interesting. They took the Nelson Cruz. So, so Falvey. And Levine, 
did the experiment with the latecomers on good deals, veteran guys to spring training a couple of years back, and it completely blew up, right? Sure. Lance Lynn, Lomo, Reed, I think, was signed during the off season that year, but he still blew up. Um, then they brought in Nelson Cruz, and it worked perfectly. I was looking around that clubhouse yesterday, and I'm like, Josh Donaldson in one corner, Nelson Cruz is here, uh, e- even a veteran guy like Tyler Clippard is here. It's very interesting how both from a chemistry standpoint and on-field standpoint, they decided to take that next step to really being all in about uh, 2020. Yes. And I'm very, I'm very curious to see how it works. My gut on this one is it's going to work pretty damn well, but it's a really interesting step from what the twins who sort of dabbled in the cruise they sort of dipped their uh toe in the in the veteran nelson cruise is going to help us water in uh, 2019 and derek it turned out so well that it feels like they dove in the pool for 2020 yeah really interesting i think that's a great uh that's a great talker are you doing anything tomorrow maybe i can grab you on the twin show again let's do it let's do it tomorrow (laughs) sounds good yeah i'm doing nothing but sitting down here in the booth in fort myers and that's just fine with me so are you facetiming players or do you send like uh letters in and have the mail carrier exchange believe me this is going to be i i will say this this is going to be because this comes from the leagues this is as big or bigger nightmare, actually, not the fans care, but for the media relations departments as us. Because sure. you're going to have to now request players you want. There's going to, that's going to have to go through, a, you know, I mean, baseball is the ultimate stand around the clubhouse during access. And I think people, just quickly, I think people think that this is the old days where, like, guys come in and constantly, like, get naked and like spread out and do weird things or something because i see all these tweets and stuff about you guys don't need to be there they do realize that first of all all of especially the new stadiums and arenas have back rooms right sure where, where guys go to hang out so the clubhouse is very much a place you put on your jersey uh and then you might get dressed there, but a lot of guys take their clothes in a back room. Yeah, or but, might grab your phone and then go yeah, eat. But the, and clubhouse, we... but the clubhouse itself, the best I can describe it for those who don't know now, the new clubhouses are the clubhouse itself, so not the back rooms, where we can't go, by the way, are very much working environments. Right. Um, and so in baseball, it's the ultimate place to talk to players and get ideas about what's going on. I mean, I can't tell you. My conversation with Buxton, first of all, does not happen if it's not in the clubhouse. And second of all, he had time and was more than happy to sort of articulate his thoughts and explain things, which I can then write about and pass along to people. Sure. And he becomes more interesting because of that. So, like, there was no downside for Byron Buxton. And it's not like I come away saying, boy, I sure didn't agree with Byron Buxton on this. So the these are the type of things and conversations that are now going to be missed out on and I think that there's this whole thing of like well the media is just intrusive for every media person who might be intrusive there's a lot of us who just want to go in and learn and yeah. then pass that on you know to the fans right it might be 10% in that club and it gives us kind of all a bad name I get that um I take this pretty seriously this uh, coronavirus outbreak so I'm fascinated to see where this goes in major league baseball because I don't know if Jonathan Harrison passed on the note to you but they've canceled all sporting events in Italy through the end of March, uh, including top soccer league Serie A, is not going to be uh, contesting games or Champions League games, I think. We're going to lose games here. Um, I don't know if it's going to be baseball, but uh, I I saw that the county in which the San Jose Sharks arena is in, yeah. I think has banned all major gatherings, including Sharks games, sure. uh, for the rest of March. And so wow. they're going to have to – they're going to have to – 
Um, relocate them. I don't know if they could play them in front of no crowds, which I guess they probably could. But, yeah, this is going to be – this is a thing where we are, I think, uh, definitely some sport in this country uh, that is a professional sport, not a college sport, because I, I think they're already canceling college games. Hmm. Uh, we're going to lose games somewhere, I think. Yeah, yeah, we'll see how it all unfolds. But, um, Judd, i got to let you go. Thanks so much for All right, for Derek Wetmore. Appreciate you. you relaying your insights on Byron Buxton, and we'll talk to you tomorrow on uh, veteranness in the Twins Clubhouse. All right, you know the deal, Twins fans. For Judd Zalgad, I'm Derek Wetmore. Thanks so much for listening to the Score North AL Central Champs Twin Show. Do us a favor, at some point in March, share this show with a friend if you would. We really appreciate all your reviews. We're going to do some uh, iTunes review reads coming up on the show soon, but it also really, really helps us if you tell one of your friends who is a Twins fan, hey, I really dig this Score North Twin Show. Thanks for your help spreading the word, and we will talk to you tomorrow.